What's going on, everybody? Andrew here for another episode of Roll for Persuasion, your weekly D&D nerd tabletop gaming. I don't even know at this point. It's a podcast where I talk to cool people. Typically, they're pretty geeky people like me. So I dig it, and I hope you dig it too. Let's knock some quick business out. This show is brought to you by my fine friends at AwesomeDice.com. If you are someone who rolls dice and you want your dice to be awesome, the place you need to go is Awesome dice.com you can use the code roll persuasion at checkout you save 10 percent. you support the show and you get awesome dice they have some really cool new uh, metal dice that with these funky colors i, I can't even describe it go to awesomedice.com, check them out uh, really grateful to have them on the show supporting the show and i appreciate you guys supporting them we're all about small businesses here small creators and supporting each other and making all of our dreams come true so check them out awesomedice.com use code roll persuasion at checkout and it will be awesome for you, for them, and for me. The cool thing about doing the show is that I typically video chat with my guests, which means that every single time I kick this intro music in, we all jam out. I have not had a single guest who has not bopped their head while the intro music has been going. And uh, you know what? Today's guest is no exception. So without any further ado, I am very excited to introduce you to Kurt Krenwelge. Did I say that right? Yes, sir. That's me. That is correct. I get every derivation of my last name. Kren Welge, Kren Winkle, Kren, Kren. So yeah, we just all go raise our hands. Yep, that's me. That's us. <laughs> sure. Something in that wheelhouse. That's probably <laughs> me. Um, so what's going on, dude? It's it's great to have you on. Well, thank you. Uh, 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 longtime listener, first time caller. Um, so yeah, no, it's it's great. I, I feel like somehow I've... Uh, subverted the entire process i am no celebrity by any means not like any of the other fine guests that you've had on your show but just because we're both texans and we're both in this sphere and we're both hell yeah uh creators it was like oh why not uh take a take an opportunity and be like hey here's my show here's what i do maybe we can uh both be on each other's shows yeah, I mean, that that is a big part of why I got into podcasting and the D&D community is like, what what kind of relationships can we make? Who can we talk with? Um, you know, I am by no means a big time show, I don't think. Uh, so I'm all like, you know, what? Who, who can I have on <laughs> to highlight spotlight, you know, share the cool stuff they're doing? And you are doing some cool stuff. You are also a podcaster. Tell me about your podcast. Sure. So the Dungeons and Dragons adjacent unofficial podcast that I'm doing is called Sidekicks and Sidequests. Solid name. Yes, I know. And no one had taken it. I mean, there's some like other sidekicks or sidequest type things on the Internet, but no one had actually paired them together. So as my birthday was coming up in February, my first main personal podcast I was doing, we were we were having to. Uh, draw the curtains on that and I was like well I don't want to stop so I need to keep going and I thought of this niche harebrained crazy idea and was like okay let me start locking everything down and then shortly after my 32nd birthday I launched the podcast and uh, I've been a busy person I I have accumulated enough backlog at this moment that I will be good through January and I think with yours definitely when we do your episode I don't think your episode will even come out until January of 2021. So long after this pandemic has passed us by. I was going to say the country will be completely virus free by the time my episode queues up. And, and it's funny because like I tweet occasionally about like the 
existential crisis I go through about once a month where I go from like, oh, I've got six episodes queued up. I'm good to go. And then I'm like, crap, I only have two episodes. I need to book people. And then I book like 15 guests. And I'm like, I'm great. And then a few weeks later, I'm like, oh, God, I don't have enough guests. So you're doing it the right way. You are booked. Uh, you are booked for months on your show. What did, What is your show about? What do you do on Sidekicks and SideQuests? Sure. Um, so the, the premise of the show is that I ask friends, colleagues, people I'd like to get to know, whoever, anybody. And we do like a short personal interview in the beginning. And the basic questions are, who are you? What do you do? Have you ever played D&D? Do you currently play D&D? Who's your favorite NPC or sidekick? What's your favorite side quest? And then what are you passionate about and why? So we learn about the guest and learn about them as a person. Then the next segment is NPC creation. I have a list of questions and you can find these questions on my podcast website so anyone can use them and steal them and use them to help make your own NPCs in your games. And then we just kind of come up with a character, whether it's something they've already brought to the table or I've made up some goofy tables and as guests use it, they get to replace the answers with other suggestions. So we've had guests roll the dice and come up with some truly bizarre and amazing, interesting characters. Then we do a random encounter where it's a role play scenario where I am a character and they become the character that's been created. We do a little vignette uh, and then it's a final thoughts. And that's, you know, the aim was to be to try and be 30 minutes or less because my last podcast I did blank tape with my best buddy Anson Jablinski who was a guest on my show uh kind of in the style of Roderick on the line or no dumb questions uh kind of like this personal uh connection time capsule sort of an idea for blank tape so we would call each other up we would block off like an hour hour and a half and we would just chat about something a topic tell each other how our lives were going and you know it didn't, you know, it, it worked well as a time capsule. So certainly if I go back and listen to some of the earlier episodes, I could be like, oh, yeah, that's what was going on in my life. But right, it was yeah. kind of amorphous and I guess really kind of was like a blank tape because you would just pull open a tape and be like, I don't know what's going to be on this, but it's going to be some episode. Uh, and and uh, so, yeah, he just got uh, more responsibilities at work. And so we had to close the curtain on that. And uh, that's what spurred me to to take the leap, to take the plunge with sidekicks and side quests. And uh, it's been great. We're almost, as of this recording, up to 500 total downloads. So compared to the numbers of how long it took to get to that with my first podcast, it's it's pretty good. I think the idea of a niche topic that's singular and focused really helps with the branding of the show. When it's when it's a show like Blank Tape, you know, unless you know me and Anson, uh then it's just kind of like okay i guess i'll listen to these two guys kind of a talk. shotgun blast right exactly yeah it's just like a fireball into a room i don't right, know what's gonna right. get affected by the fireball spell but something's gonna get burned and then that's kind of the interesting thing about podcasting and i've talked about this on twitter before is that there's not there's not really standard benchmarks so like I work in, I work in e-commerce, online sales. I have, I have very specific metrics that I like as a professional know, okay, I should be hitting this with the number of people who purchase products. The number of people who come to my site, X percent should be buying product, X percent should be doing like all that is fairly quantified in the industry. Podcasting is actually like, it's still a bit of the wild west. Like, like I, when I started, I was like, I don't know 
how many downloads should I expect by X time? Like what is success? What is failure? And the interesting thing is in the industry is when you talk to people, specifically independent podcasters, a lot of what you get when you ask for metrics or stats is you get people saying things like, oh, well, don't worry about that. Like, like if you should be doing this for like, the joy of podcasting, I'm like, mm, I need performance metrics to like know how I'm doing so I can tweak and do better. And, and so, you know, it, it's just kind of interesting that you mentioned download numbers because it's kind of funny. People don't talk about that. And like, I feel like if more of us were like, hey, you know what? This is what I'm doing. This is what you're doing. Let's compare what worked for you, what didn't. I feel like as an industry, people would be doing better and would feel safer um, because we're talking about, you know, what are our milestones? What did we do that worked? Um, So it's cool that you, in your new show, you're already kind of hitting a a better, you know, point than you did on your previous one. We're about to get our first achievement from Fireside because Fireside will kind of give you like little achievements when you pull up your stats. So it's like, you know, I got my first one because it was like, oh, you published your first episode and I know the next one that's coming up will be like, you hit 500 downloads. So that'll be exciting when I unlock that achievement. Cause, cause in order to make sure that blank tape didn't disappear, uh, what, what we ended up doing is Anson gave the, the old podcast to me. So I'm running two podcasts technically side by side, even though blank tape isn't publishing new episodes, but I'm still keeping track of the metrics. And it's still surprising to me that, you know, I think we're up to 6,400 total downloads with my old podcast. So that's amazing that people yeah. in the world want to hear about two two weirdos who grew up in Houston that nerd out about music and Star Wars and D&D and, uh, you know, computer programming, and all this other stuff. Whereas, like, I'm starting, you know, it's only been three months, really, since uh, and right before all this pandemic stuff started uh, for for sidekicks and side quests that it's like. 500 downloads. All right. I I mean, I I feel like this time around, I have a little bit of a leg up as far as an online presence is concerned, but feel like I've, I've still got a ways to go. And, you know, it'd be, it'd be awesome one day uh, to, to have the likes of Brian Foster, or Beth May, or someone like that on my pod, my humble podcast. But, you know, it's, uh you know, maybe it's cool if, if they, you know, are, are too bu- busy and important for me just because I feel like, you know, there shouldn't be any barrier to entry to be a guest on my show. Literally, yeah. if you go to hail the bard button on my website page and you send me an email and you fill out the questions, I'll totally, you know, find an email for you. We'll coordinate and you can have your 15 minutes of fame on my show, whether or not you're, uh, you know, uh, a creative person within the D&D sphere or not. Maybe you're into cosplay. Maybe you're really into creative writing or maybe you are a beer maker or something. I don't care. You know, everyone's important. Everyone's got a story just like, yeah. uh, you know, everyone in the world. And and with that whole life philosophy with me um, being someone of faith, being a Catholic and pondering that question of this new show, I was like, well, every because I know there's that Reddit uh you know shower thoughts or whatever and someone sure, the one yeah. thing being like everyone else in life is an npc in someone else's life and you know when you i guess go through that psychological um mental exercise of really and empathetically trying to be in someone else's shoes and experience them connect to them on a person to person level and then when you reflect on that the the fact that you know 
in my religious beliefs, everyone is uniquely uh, and specially created. And so no one person is a waste. No one person is, you know, pointless. Everyone's everyone got has a story. A story. Yeah. So, yeah, everyone has a story, which is why I thought, well, if I carry that into D&D, why don't I do something that makes NPC characters a little more interesting? Because, you know, we're both fans of Critical Roles. Uh, we're both fans of Critical Role. And you and I both could probably sit here on all of our fingers and all of our toes, name impactful, lasting NPC characters or Acquisitions Incorporated sure, yeah. or Dungeons and Daddies. You know, you know, there's there's memorable NPCs. And uh, so, yeah, I, I just thought, well, why don't I give something back to the community? We could all kind of have this shared universe of NPC characters that actually have gusto and it's not all on the dm to be on the hook for like uh this is bob and bob is a, a bear trapper and he has three kids and a wife but they're kind of estranged and his favorite color is purple you know and so your your dungeon master isn't having to have a brain aneurysm trying to come up with someone interesting it's like oh well this podcast has already kind of done the homework a little bit and you can tweak them however you like for your game. Yeah, and, and in a way, they have heard that NPC speak through your show, right? And so they have yeah. kind of a living, breathing character they can take and put in. And what I what I like about your show, what intrigued me about it, was uh, what you mentioned earlier is that some of your people that you have on, like you said, you'll have anyone on, um, whether they've played D&D or not. Exactly. And so you bring on people who might not even be familiar with the idea. They, they might not even know what an NPC stands for, Right. Exactly. Um, so what is that like having people on who've never played this game before and walking them through the process of essentially creating a character? Oh, my gosh, it's uh, it's fun. I know, you know, before the show starts, kind of like what you did with me, you asked if I had any questions. So I certainly take that time to, like, walk them through the format of the show and I just let them know, hey, it's OK, you know, just answer honestly and just, you know, tell me what you're thinking and feeling. And uh, it's so much fun watching people come alive. They're nervous when they start the show and they're like, OK, the personal interview. OK, I can get through this. OK, now we're making a character. Uh, OK, well, let me start engaged and making a character. Oh, this is fun. OK, I think I dig this. Then we get to the random encounter, which they may or may not know we're doing. And then you watch them come alive and inhabit this character. And then when we get to the final thoughts, they're like, oh, my gosh, this is so fun. I can't believe I've never done this before. Um, there is a future episode that comes out with a business colleague of mine here in Dallas. We met on the trains and she's never played in her life. But oh, my gosh, just watching her open up and blossom into this character. I, I, I think I remember telling her in the episode, I was like, that is some of the most uh, that is some of the most honest and awesome D&D that I've ever seen without you ever having really played D&D before. So, like, I'm excited for people to hear that one. Um, I had another podcaster on my show, Kenneth Vig Vigu, who runs the Chad, a Fallout 76 podcast, who, by the way, they're up to 110,000 uh, downloads for them. So it was pretty awesome to have a, a, an awesome podcaster like him and several of his cast members as well on my show. And um, he had never played D&D before, but... I knew of his ability to write and create characters. So it was really cool to walk him through the process yeah, and just yeah. have him, you know, embody this character. And I felt like I was on an episode of his podcast uh, because, you know, he was he was totally he was totally 
chewing the scenery uh, with this character. And it was it was great. Um, so, yeah, it's really cool. I think even sometimes more fun having people who've never had the experience before get their moment in the spotlight to sure. basically play D&D for 30 minutes, kind of like a free sample. And then by the end, they're like, hey, that was fun. Yeah, like the first hit is free. Yeah. Yeah. The hit, the first hit is free. Then the next hit, you have to go find friends and go uh, wrangle go by player's handbook and get friends who will show up regularly. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that like and that's what's so interesting about like um, specifically your concept of a, a lot of people, a lot of shows. I say a lot. Ninety nine percent of the D&D shows out there are actual plays. Right. The other one percent of us. Um, most of them are talking about mechanics mm-hmm. and then the two other shows are me and James Intracasso's tabletop babble. And we essentially do the same thing. <laughs> but mm. what's fun about yours is that you really are taking that idea of you, like, like you said, bringing, you know, the humanity back to NPCs. Um, you're doing that with people who, who don't even play this game. Yeah. And you're introducing them to that, like saying, Hey, you know what? This game at its core is all about telling stories. Right. And so it doesn't matter if you've never rolled dice before, if you've never, you know, figured out what your wisdom modifier is. Like, let's tell a story. Mm. And then you kind of show them like, hey, that's how this fits into a game. This is how the character you just made can actually live and breathe in this world we've created. Right. And that's that's a really cool, like you said, kind of a niche concept. Mm. But I think it works really well. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, you know, you go back to being five years old you go back to you know i have two nieces that'll run around and play princess and pretend i mean uh, i know you have children and i'm sure they like to go around and and pretend and be like ah i'm fighting the monsters and stuff like that it's like that's all we're doing right yeah. and uh you know if you're i think you said you were a theater geek so it'd be no different than being like all right well you got to prepare this monologue for an audition okay well who is my character who are they in the yeah. scene what am i going to do like that's yeah, that's all we're doing. We're having fun and I'm having a blast doing it. And uh, yeah, it's it's a great time. I, I enjoy I enjoy talking to podcasters because I think that podcasting is such an interesting. I've touched on this already earlier on my little rant about metrics, but I think podcasting is such an interesting industry because it is simultaneously it's an open playing field, kind of in the sense that like anyone can do it, obviously. And up until a couple days ago and. Joe Rogan sold his show for $100 million to Spotify. Um, but, but what's interesting is like anyone can jump in and anyone can have a voice. And so like, you know, you mentioned guests I've had on my show and, and I've been very lucky. I would say very blessed to have some really cool high profile people on my show. Um, but that is all due to the fact that like podcasting gives us a voice and like it, it levels the playing field, especially in, in like niche areas. Right. So an interest like Dungeons and Dragons or crafting or gardening or cars or whatever you're into. If you're really into a thing and you want to talk about it, it's a great way to reach other people who are also really into that thing. For me, that was uh, Brian W. Foster, like talking about undead wood and critical role. And because I was passionate about a specific thing, I was able to talk to them about that. And, and that's just, I don't know, that's, I, I think that's a unique podcast thing. It's not like, I guess YouTube might be analogous, but it's kind of not. Um, podcasting, the barrier for entry is so low and the potential for doing what you want to do is so high. Like, not, you know, neither of us are probably going to make a killing or a living doing this, but 
the opportunity to make friends, make relationships. Right. I don't even have a Patreon. My wife was like, yeah, my wife was like, don't get a Patreon for this one. Cause we, cause blank tape did have a Patreon for season two. Yeah. But the only Patreon sponsors we had were my mom and dad. So God bless you. Thank you, <laughs> mom and dad for the $5 a month pledge for the both of you. Right. Um, and you know, it, it got us to do some bonus episodes, but you know, I guess when it's a personal podcast between two people who aren't internet famous, people aren't as willing to throw dollars at it. And since I reviewed the wizards of the coast, official fan content policy, and the fact that I invite a guest on the show to make an NPC character, I didn't, you know, my wife was right. God bless her. Uh, that I didn't need to go out there and be obnoxious and be like, hey, guys, contribute to my Patreon. You know, I just need to let this thing grow organically. Maybe if people are nice and they want to help offset the fact that I've spent money into awesome art that I had friends and colleagues do or, you know, that I'm paying the web hosting costs for two different podcasts. You know, if you want to throw me a couple bucks that way, sure, maybe I'll get around right, and make it yeah. a Patreon then. But as far as you're right, as far as making money off this, no, it's more of a, a passion thing and, you know, giving people a resource and a tool. So if, you know, if I don't ever get famous with like accolades and money and stuff, then, you know, maybe word of mouth, they'll be like, oh, yeah, that Kurt Krenwogi guy, he made a lot of cool NPCs or gave people a lot of cool NPCs that they could use in their game. And then someone's like, oh, you, oh, uh, Brunklesby Bonekeeper, the dwarf. Oh, yeah, I used that guy <laughs> right, in my yeah. campaign. The players totally loved him and he was their follower character and he cleaned up all the corpses they left behind. And someone else is like, no, 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 no. Uh, Brunklesby was totally different in our game. The players just did not like him and didn't even go on the side quest. Unfortunate thing was all the towns got overrun by undead goblins. But hey, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And and I like that you mentioned a side quest because when you um, gave kind of the, you know, the short run of what your episodes are earlier, you mentioned that you ask guests and I don't want to jump ahead because you said you would have me on, which is incredibly kind of you. Um, listeners can listen in January of 2025 uh, when I'll finally be through the queue of <laughs> back episodes you have. But I like this idea that you ask people what their favorite NPC is and what their favorite side quest is. Cause on the episodes of yours that I've listened to, it's not even necessarily like D and D players, right? Like you've asked, um, you know, people who play video games, like what is a video? Like I, I listened to an episode recently. You'll be able to tell me who it was, but he was talking, I think about far cry and, uh, like a far cry NPC. Oh, Joseph, yeah, 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 Joseph yeah. Anthony. Yeah. Far cry yeah. NPC and far cry side quest. And I was like, and I sat there, I was like, Oh man, what are NPCs that have like impacted me? And so it's an interesting idea because I, I don't know. I think that those of us who play games, whether they're video games or even D and D, um, we can sometimes kind of like ironically let the the NPCs and the the side quest kind of fade into the background. Like, oh yeah, I ran a, I had to kill a bunch of whites in the dungeon in Diablo three, and I got armor, and then I moved on. Um, but sometimes those are actually really impactful, right? And so I, I think it's an right. interesting idea that you're exploring. So I'm going to turn this around on you right now. Totally unprompted. Sure. Um, what are what are NPCs and gaming and D&D, &D, whatever, that have like stuck out to you? What is the side quest that you were like, man, you know what? That really made this game pop for me. Right. 
actually, I know one of my guests, one of the cast members of Chad, the Fallout 76 podcast, and I totally fangirled on this side quest that's in Fallout 76. Now, I know in, when the fir- game first came out, the media at large you know, wrote it off. They said, oh, horrible game. Don't even bother getting it. But I got it. My wife got it for me for Christmas. Probably she regrets getting it for me because I, I play that video game so much. But one of the f- favorite side quests from Fallout 76 is a quest line called the Order of Mysteries. Of course, okay. to help set the scene. Fallout 76, canonically, now is the first game that takes place in the Fallout universe timeline before the events of Fallout 1. So we're in Appalachia, so East Coast in the West Virginia area. Um, You're in Vault 76, and your group emerges 25 years after the bombs drop. And so when the game first came out, there were no human NPCs. It was all robots uh, and journal entries and holotapes left behind that you just kind of had to piece together and organically kind of find the story by exploring these areas and, and following the quest lines there. But one of the quests that you could do is if you went south of Lake Somerville, there's a mansion uh, owned by Shannon Rivers. And Shannon Rivers okay. was the radio voice actor for uh, the, 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 the Mistress of Mystery, like the Silver Shroud, one of the in-game yeah, universe yeah. Uh, superhero characters. And after the war, her husband's super smart, and so he builds all this tech in the ba- the basement of their mansion. They basically become an all-girls version of a Batman fighting squad, all based off the, the Mistress of Mysteries. And so one of the side quests that you do is you are you join the ranks of the Mistresses of Mystery, and you, you, know, you tain- attain your levels, and you kind of figure out the reason why this order died out. And it was so fun and so good being able to explore you know the ups and downs the dramas the twists the turns and ultimately the tragedy of it and so i know my my guest jessica and i didn't want to spoil it for anyone so i certainly won't spoil it here but i will encourage you to you know the the big wastelanders dlc came out now and uh there's human npcs in the game so you should totally go get it and you can find me on xbox and you can run into my little my camp, which I kind of made like a bed and breakfast and a, at a shop so you can come buy cheap stuff off me. So do you uh, do you do you ever let's go to Dungeons and Dragons. Do you ever DM or are you, are you typically a player or do you kind of split time? Oh, OK. This is a good question because I know I, I'm sure you've been waiting to ask me what's what's my history with D&D. And I didn't get to the hobby until late, kind of like you. But I was in college, so it was over 10 years ago now. Yeah. October 2008 was the first time that I... Which, by the way, really quick, is it really freaking weird for you that, like, college was, like, over 10 years ago? Because it it shakes me to my core on a daily basis. Yeah, it it almost feels like a lifetime ago, but, you know, when I think about it, it's like, huh, it's not really that long ago. I mean, because even before that, it was, like, my 10-year high school reunion back in 2016, I had to miss that because it was a friend's wedding here locally that I elected to go to instead, though. I wish I would have gone to the 10 year reunion. I'm sorry, guys. Um, but uh, but yeah, so it was 2008. So I was still yeah. an undergraduate working on my music degree and I'm living with my fraternity brother, Steve, his then at the time fiance, but now his wife. Uh, and we had another buddy of ours who was in the band in the school band. 
And he was like, hey, I've been playing D&D since high school, and I think it'd be really fun if all of us played it. And so we were interested. Fourth edition was out. And we were kind of like, oh, okay, so this is like some video games sure, that we yeah. play. And, you know, it's cards, okay, at wills, encounters, and dailies. Okay, this isn't too hard to understand. Oh, we get to add all these pluses and stuff like that. And so we jumped in, and we had a lot of fun. Zane was our original dungeon master, uh, but we actually had the benefit of we would rotate dungeon masters. So if someone thought of something cool we would actually get the opportunity to jump oh, in and, cool. and leave yeah. an adventure. And my first adventure, I quick, I quickly learned the lesson about railroading because I know my players were like, oh man, if we hadn't figured out that one thing, it would have been impossible for us to uh, be able to defeat the bad guy. Um, so I, I, I learned very quickly about uh, right, railroading yeah. and the consequences of it. Um, but, but, but yeah, my first character was a human wizard named Otto von Krieg. Uh, he was very much inspired off the main hero character from Fable, uh, you know, from Oakvale. Yeah, His parents yeah. were murdered by bandits, and so he went and studied magic so he could get revenge on them. Um, he had big mutton chops. You know, he was very much a facsimile of me in the game. Um, yeah, and my 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 wife, who was at my my girlfriend, you know, a couple years after that, was kind of like, oh, this D and D thing's weird. Uh, but eventually got her roped in, and now she's a huge D&D nerd as well. So to the short answer to your original question, yes, I, I, I'm a player, but more so I'm a dungeon master. And I'm a dungeon master for my home group here in, in Dallas, but we're all couples that go to the same church. And, you know, one of our couples has three kiddos, so it's really hard to get everyone together. Though through this pandemic, we have been able to have two games over Skype. But now we need to have the big climatic boss battle at some point, And that's on me to put together. So, well, really, the big climactic boss battle, you kind of want to have in person, right? Yeah, no, I do. Uh, you know, I got Colville's strongholds and or at followers. least six feet apart. Right, right. No, I it'd be better if everyone were there. But I got Colville's strongholds and followers rules. So I've been tallying up. OK, these are the forces they have. These are the forces that are coming to invade. They've got to fight for the castle. So I'm, I'm trying to make it work, um, but I'm trying to give them incentive and make sure I'm listening to them because I know one of my players, um, she's a half-orc fighter. And, you know, I told them, hey, an, arc, an orc army is coming to rampage the castle and fight you guys. And she's like, oh, we shouldn't fight the orcs. We need to convert them to our side. And I'm in my head thinking, oh, they're working for the big bad evil guy, but... I don't want to say no, so maybe there's an opportunity that you get some of the orcs to turn against their commander. Well, we'll have to check in whenever we uh, do my episode. Maybe you'll have an, an update on how that went. You mentioned uh, earlier that you, like me, are a Critical Role fan. How did you... So you got into D&D late, probably kind of around the time that Critical Role and d Actually, no, 2008. Said, so this is... 2008 this is the oh 2008 this is the time, so it's kind of well before right no this is the time the first uh celebrity D playthrough podcast youtube videos that i was following were the original acquisitions incorporated videos so i i can remember watching uh you know mm, jerry yeah, hulkins and scott kerhulik and um you know and and will wheaton all getting together so yeah i remember watching that the the chris perkins robot chicken uh one shot that he did um, so, yeah, I remember watching some of those early games start and it wasn't until I moved to Dallas 
I started working at my job and one day at lunch, you know, I'm flipping through Geek and Sundry's YouTube channel. So I think their show started in March and it was probably about June. I'm flipping through and I see this episode one arrival at Craghammer. And I was like, you know, oh, three hour long. I don't know. What is this? And so I put it on. And of course, it goes with the classic intro of each of the characters doing their own introduction. And I was kind of like, oh, OK, let me sit and watch this. And it keeps going. And then they start the game. And then I was like, oh, they're playing D&D, but but they're so alive and they're so in character. And uh, yeah, I think I probably spent the rest of the day at work, uh, kind of have it propped up on the side while I'm, you know, working on invoices or something like that. And that's how I discovered Critical Role and uh, eventually got Twitch and then started subbing. And while I was, you know, my wife and I were engaged, we weren't living together. Uh, and yeah, I would spend my Thursday nights just watching Critical Role and being like, oh, my gosh, you know, eating, eating it up and, and just watching how the hobby was just blowing up from these nerdy ass voice actors just sitting around and streaming their D&D right, games, yeah. not like a podcast or not like a convention setting, but just like, hey, it's like you're sort of kind of coming into our living room and watching us play our game. Right, exactly. Have you had the opportunity to catch a live show? Yes, I w- my wife and my brother-in-law and his girlfriend and his girlfriend's brother all went down to Austin and we saw the ta- the Terry oh, the Terry nice. Darrington Brigade. So, yeah, we I was that there as show. well. Oh, you were? Maybe we yeah, saw yeah, each I, other. I, I didn't was. even know it. Maybe I was on the second row. <laughs> so, I don't know where you were but that's oh, where i was well see i was closer to the back on the ground floor so we were way back we didn't we didn't we didn't splurge for the uh super expensive tickets probably <laughs> because there was a group of six of us oh so. sure yeah yeah but you got to be there for like the q a and stuff like that yeah yeah so i i've been lucky enough i got to go to the uh the search for grog the la live show i got to do the uh the Tox Machina for that. And that was when they did the, the art show opening. So I got to go to the art show and meet everyone there and uh, then go to the, the search for Grog the next night. So I, I've definitely, as far as critters go, I, I've been very lucky to get to see them a couple times now um, live and, and definitely very up close. So it's a pretty cool experience. It's a very surreal atmosphere, I think, to be surrounded by so many people that love the exact same thing as you. Yeah, one of my coworkers also from the Dallas area had also driven down that weekend. So I remember texting him and we met in the lobby. It was like, dude, you're here in Austin. You're like, yeah, we're here for the show. It's like, all right, cool. So like he sat, I think, further down the road from us, but it was kind of cool. Like me and my coworker, uh, we both drove down from Dallas to come to this live show. Let's jump back to D&D. Sure. I go all over the place. Forgive me. I'm a, I'm a family of talkers. And I can easily get off the tangent. So you as the host, please do rein me in if need be. As a podcast host, I will take a talking guest any day of the week over a non-talking guest. So I totally appreciate that. Let's real quick, though, let's do a quick shout out to my good friends over at Talon and Claw, who at the time of this recording, not when this episode airs, but the time of this recording are killing it on their Kickstarter for their whiskey barrel dice vaults uh they're probably not available anymore so sorry to you but that's because they did so awesome that uh anthony up in oregon now has a crap ton of work to do making these cool dice vaults but you can still get really cool talent and claw gear for your game your dm screen your dice vault 
Go to talentandclaw.etsy.com to check out their awesome stuff. Use the code Roll Persuasion to save 10% and support the show. But a big fan of theirs and the cool work they're doing. Always coming up with these just cool, new, awesome ideas. Legitimately unique stuff I haven't seen in the community before. So check them out, Talent and Claw. They're big supporters of ours. We're big fans of theirs. And so glad to see them doing so well in this awesome community. And they bring this show to you. So if you enjoy the show, it's because of them. So very grateful for them. So you talked about DMing previously. What is it about D and DMing and storytelling that really appeals to you? What is it you like to do in your games that is really kind of particular to you? Well, I've definitely had to learn because I run for so many people. I think some of your other guests have echoed it. But yeah, there really is words of wisdom to minimal prepping, like having those mm, yeah. those those pillars of what you think and what the you know, what are the important NPCs? You know, what sure. are the story beats? Um, because, yeah, so many times you're play, you're like, all right, players, you're 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 on the road. You're you're going the oh oh you took you took a left turn. Okay, uh, quick quick think of something. So I yeah I just kind of keep it loose. Uh, I have my big uh my big check marks that I and my my the dots on my list that I try and hit. Uh, yeah. But ultimately, you know, I like to have fun with my friends. Uh, I think Matt Colville says it best that if the people at your table are having fun, then you should be having fun. And I think those are pretty true wisdom uh words of wisdom. And definitely, you know, I know you you told me your winning strategy of getting guests on your show was just to ask. And uh, probably my strategy of asking would work better if I was probably trying to reach them through the proper channel means, not just random Twitter messages like, hey, you should be on my podcast. I should just send a business email or something. But maybe that's someone you should try and get on your show. I mean, I know he's busy trying to put together another Kickstarter book and stuff, but I'm sure... I'm sure Mr. Matt Colville has all kinds of words of wisdom that he would have to share, especially since he does on his YouTube channel and his Twitch live streams and all that kind of stuff. And the chain, the chain is a phenomenal campaign. I've loved watching that. I know it's on a a cliffhanger right now because they're working on the new book, but I've enjoyed watching the chain and seeing that different style of gameplay because taking like the Critical Role season two campaign and and the chain of Acheron put them side to side by side. It's two different, and they're both playing D and D, but you can tell right. two different flavors, two different modes of thinking. You know, um, so yeah, no, it's I, I like running for my group of friends and I like making up these characters. And uh, I think, oh, what was it? Um, so in preparation for the big upcoming battle, to kind of help give them another unit, I was like, oh hey, the giant lake that's nearby there's actually mermaids that live under there and you just defeated uh these these cultists of the great old ones so why don't you return the old kraken bones to the evil destroyed temple that's under the lake and if you do that you become part of their tribe they'll commit forces to the battle at hand and while they're exploring this underwater sunken temple uh i think my my wife, who plays a druid, used speak with animals. And so I said there was little crawfish that were swimming around. And I just kind of did like, a, oh, there's something big and scary in there that eats us. And like my players lost it, like with me just doing goofy voices like that. And that's why, honestly, you love DMing is like you like to 
be a ham and mess with your friends and, you know, give them a show and entertain them. And, you know, they're having fun that I'm having fun. I know one guy likes combat, so I make sure he has combat. I know another one likes ridiculous characters, so I give him ridiculous characters. Another one likes funny voices, so I make a fool of myself. And I think that kind of speaks to, I, I think a lot of people have um, anxiety around DMing for the first time. And and I and you you nailed it, right? Like knowing what your players enjoy, whether that is combat, whether that is silly role playing, whether that is cool puzzles, and then just giving them that. Like you're there to enable their fun, and in doing so, you also have fun by creating situations and opportunities for everyone to have just this like level of enjoyment at the table that really is kind of unparalleled in any other game. Uh, you, you, you get to facilitate that. And that's a really great feeling. Yeah. One day I'd love to run a game for my parents, even though my mom's like, Oh, I'll never play. And, uh, but who knows, maybe I'll get her to be a guest. Yeah, no, that, that would be a fun thing. And, and that's the cool thing again about doing a show. You can always, uh, you can always have opportunities like that. You have a platform to, you know, do cool things like that. So for people who want to check you out and see what you have going on with the podcast or otherwise, where can they check you out? If you want the Twitter for the podcast, that's going to be side KQ podcast. The subreddit for the Twitter is also r slash side KQ podcast. We're also on Facebook as well uh, for the podcast. Same same thing. Side KQ podcast. So those are the I think the best places to find me and interact with me. Um, of course, the website Sidekicks and Sidequests, all one word, dot com. Yeah, hit me up on email, hit me up on Twitter, uh, and we'll hang out and have some fun, I guess. And if you want to, be a guest on my show. It's no problem. Yeah, awesome. And we will link to all of that in the show notes so you can go uh, scroll down in your podcast app. Pause for a second. And, and that button that says leave a review, tap that. Then tap five stars, then keep scrolling, and then you can contact. Oh, yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, for yeah, both we of do us, need go those. for it. Yeah, everybody yeah. needs that. But definitely check Sidekicks and SideQuests out. Um, see what Kurt's got going on online. Definitely check him out down there in our show notes. You can get links to all the cool stuff that he is doing. And if you are a Patreon supporter, let's go ahead and pimp the Patreon right now. If you are a supporter at patreon.com slash persuasion. In just a minute, you are going to have access to the special Zone of Truth segment where Kurt and I are going to keep talking. Dude, who knows what we're going to talk about? We've been, we've been tweeting like, what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about Ska. We're going to talk about the Tolkien. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's going to be random, and that is the whole point of this. I appreciate my supporters. Patreon.com slash Persuasion. Very cool people that support me. You can join them. Um, and doing so, you can leave questions for my guests, and you can listen to the Zone of Truth segment on that special exclusive patreon feed so make sure you check us out there uh dude thank you so much for joining now we're gonna keep talking for but for the people who are not patreon backers and you know it's okay that's fine you can do that um this is the end of the show so anything else you want to throw out there say for the people oh man sure put me on the spot um we love you all we want you to be playing DD and having fun and uh being neighborly and nice to each other this pandemic is uh you know taken us all by surprise in many shapes and forms. So let's all do our part to be charitable, forgiving, and uh, and understanding with each other. Solid. I like, I like what Brian Foster says. Don't forget to love each other. Yeah. Simple and to the point. And that's what we're all about here. So 
Again, thank you guys so much for joining me for this week's episode, for getting to enjoy this chat with Kurt, talking about all the cool things that we love about D&D. Make sure you check out his links in the show notes below. Make sure you are subscribed on whatever your podcast app is. I don't care if you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast. I don't know what you're into. That's none of my business. Listen how you want to listen. Make sure that you are subscribed to the show. You can leave us reviews at Apple Podcasts and podchaser.com. Those mean a lot to me on a very personal level, so please make sure you leave those. You can always reach out to the show on social media at Rule Persuasion on Twitter and on Instagram. I also set up a Facebook. I don't really know what I'm going to do with that, but you can go check it out. Facebook.com slash Rule for Persuasion. Who knows what might happen there? And of course, if you want to support the show, Patreon.com slash Rule for Persuasion. If you are a supporter, stick around because we're about to keep this conversation going. If not, make sure that you tune in next week for our next episode. And until next time, guys, make sure that you enjoy your games. Enjoy your games.